who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hello again, Caroline Minx here, and this time I got to speak with Adelaide Gardner, whose voice you will recognize as Jane from the ASL class. Adelaide is well-known in the world of tabletop gaming and made her audio drama debut with Seen and Not Heard. She has done a lot to raise awareness about accessibility within tabletop gaming, and we found that some experiences are definitely universal. I hope you enjoy. So hi! Hi! I don't think we've ever actually spoken spoken before. No! So this is exciting. This is really fun. Um, so first of all, hello. I am so excited to get to do this. Um, I've been looking forward to getting to talk to you. Um, I wanted to just first give you a chance to say kind of who you are and what we might know you from. So tell us who you are. Yes, I am Adelaide Gardner, oh Adelaide on Twitter and the rest of the internet. Uh, I am one-fourth, actually one-seventh now, one-ninth. We have a lot of new team members uh, of a team called Action Fiction where we make role-playing games. Our first game, Monsters of Merca, came out last year and we just released the Kickstarter for our expansion, Restaurants and Retail, this fall. Um, I'm very, very, very slowly working on a game uh, but people know me from all of the shows that I do. I am in one podcast called Faith Forge Academy and a whole bunch of different shows over the years. I run my own shows now, which has been an experience. So that's what I do. All on tabletops, mostly D&D, but now I'm getting into new systems, which is really nice. Well, that's, that's see, I wanted to ask you about that because I am so not in the tabletop world. I've never played any of those games. I no, want to, I just I know. have not had a chance. <laughs> Um, and it's such a different world from audio drama, though it's kind of related. So, um, and I know that you have talked a lot about um, accessibility within tabletop mm. gaming. And I, I, if I'm recalling correctly, there was something a while back where either it was like someone was trying to write a deaf character or something and they were just not going about it the right way. Um, I've seen this come up a couple of times. And I'm just, I, I would just love to hear about that world a little bit more and about how hearing loss and accessibility factor in. It's interesting. I think it's becoming more like quote unquote popular, which I, I hate that it's a popular thing to do, but hey, diversity is popular now too in tabletop instead of just being authentic and real. But we'll take what we can get, I guess. Um, 
shockingly, I I never really run into people that are trying to do deaf characters. Uh, what a lot of people are doing right now, especially with Mustang's art, uh, wheelchair, uh, not class, um, equipment uh, for D&D. There's a lot of people creating characters with physical disabilities, but not so much with um, deafness, which is really interesting to me. Um, I always get a, a questions like every once in a while, but mostly the talk of the town is just how to put captions on your streams. And I have so many opinions and people get so heated because I have a very particular way of how I like to do my captions and having six different caption boxes on a screen. It's not accessible. It's not accessible. Who can read that? <laughs> and I can read really fast, and I can read more than one thing at a time. I could not read six captions. No. There's no way. No. It, it just... But people get really mad when you tell them they're doing accessibility the wrong way, you know? Especially when they're also disabled in, like, different ways, maybe. They just don't... They don't like being told that they're wrong, you know? Yeah, that is actually... That's interesting that you bring that up because that's actually something I kind of ran into fairly recently where someone who was differently disabled from me needed access in one way, mm -hmm. but the way that they were gaining access was completely inaccessible to me. And I was like, okay, so we need to come up with some kind of compromise here so that right. we can both participate. <laughs> right. And um, and it, it's hard to navigate because you, of course, want to include everyone as much as you are possibly able to do mm -hmm. but then you do run up in against times when different needs are in competition almost right right i had a conversation with i guess a former friend now um uh, where i was talking about i had a tweet that went really viral that was like look i need my phone at the table because i need something to stim with i'm also autistic and i was like i just color on my phone it doesn't make any noise you never see it it doesn't bother anybody but me, you know, like, but if I don't have it, if I don't have my something to keep my hands busy, I'm going to lose my concentration. And one of my acquaintances was like, well, this is distracting for me because I don't like to have screens around. I'm like, well, you can sit at a different side of the table than me. So you don't see me. Or you don't see my hands. I don't need a television on. I don't need noise. I just need something to keep my hands busy. Uh, and, and it's, it's a difficult compromise for some people that are just kind of maybe more stubborn or like really feel that they need something strongly and that you don't need it as strongly as they do. And I guess maybe in the end, maybe the, that you're not the right fit for the same table is the compromise, which I don't like that so much. I don't know why I haven't relaxed into that as being an option, but Maybe it's, it it's is. hard, I think, to admit that this simply is not working and we have to either break from it entirely or completely mm -hmm. like reformat because the, sometimes that is kind of the only solution that is available to you with the resources that you have. Um, and that can be really hard. I mean, I've, I've definitely not in the same way, but just sort of in like smaller interactions. Like I have a friend who has really serious ADHD, like can't have the captions on TV, can't follow if they're on. And I, of course, I can't watch things without them. Right. So we have to just sort of not watch things together. Or what their solution has been a couple of times is when they start getting distracted, they just close their eyes and listen. <laughs> and they're like, and they can kind of refocus. Yeah, and it doesn't work. It's not going to work for everybody. But for them, they're able to like close their eyes for a minute, kind of get their focus back. And lather rinse repeat and i said i was like i feel really bad that you have to do that and they're like yeah but like 
that's an option available to me. So that's something that I can do. Whereas you can't, you know, if the captions are off, you can't follow and you can't close your eyes for the same thing. That is something I can offer. And I was like, okay, fair enough. But yeah, I think, I think when it comes to accessibility, because this is also, this comes up in audio drama a lot, um, where some people will say, I can't provide a transcript because making one is not accessible to me. It's not something I can do. I, I understand that because they are, they can be, for like chat casts anyway, you know, um, it can be a big challenge. Like I'm doing mm-hmm. these interviews and I've been, I've been doing the transcripts for that and it's a lot of work. It really is. And it's, it's work in a way that maybe I didn't realize until I actually had to do it. The funny thing is I'm hard of hearing and I work in transcription full time. Yeah. This is literally, it's literally my job, which we'll see how long that can last with my ears, but (laughs) I'm just doing it while I can. (laughs) It is really funny. I think how many of us who are deaf and hard of hearing do transcription. Right. Um, Or work in audio in some form or fashion. Yeah. (laughs) And that's one reason I think I I wanted to make Seen and Not Heard uh, is obviously I wanted to tell the story, but also just to be like, hi, we are here. (laughs) Right. Um, No pun intended. uh, Oh, (laughs) that's good. I didn't even catch that. Damn it. (laughs) Usually puns are my thing. Um. Actually, this is good. I would love to ask you about um, acting and audio drama and you, because if, am I right in remembering that Seen and Not Heard was the first audio drama? That, that was my very first one. Yeah. My friend sent me the link and was like, I think you should you should try out for this. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I have like the ugliest voice in the world, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I went for it. It was such a different experience. It was, I've never, I've never been into anything like that before. Occasionally you'll run into a tabletop show where they want you to do like voice lines or like a video of your character. And I always feel incredibly awkward when I do that too. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a, it was a really cool new experience. I'm so glad. Well, I will say, first of all, you, you have a lovely voice. And when I heard your audition, I was like, ooh, ooh. Um, you do. You have a really lovely, clear, very, yeah, you have a great voice. Um, and I was excited because I, I, when the casting call was going around, I would occasionally see people being tagged into it. Like, oh, you have to audition for this or, oh, check this out. And it was it's fun to see when people directly recommend someone. And I mm. did remember seeing you on Twitter, and I was like, who is this? I don't think I know them. And um, when I saw uh, that you did Tabletop, I was like, well, that's cool. Um, and yeah, I was really excited that that when you sent in your audition, I was like, oh, yay, because <laughs> I was hoping you would. Um, and it's been, it's been really interesting to work with. I, I remember thinking, because I only put in the casting call that one character had to be deaf or hard of hearing. Um, but I was so excited the fact that we've got, you know, as many people as we do in this production mm-hmm. who, who are deaf and hard of hearing. Um, I would actually love to ask you about your experience with hearing loss, um, and what your kind of, what that's been like for you. Yeah. I, my story is actually pretty interesting. So I grew up completely hearing, uh, and my dad is an interpreter for the deaf, so we have always had sign language in the house. Like, before I was a child, like, he's done this for 35 plus years now. Um, 
I remember when Hurricane Katrina happened and there was a lot of refugees that came to my hometown and we hosted a deaf man in our house um, because he didn't have he didn't have contact with his family in Houston yet. And we were like one of the only families, you know, that had space, but also um, new sign language. Uh, so we had him in our house for a couple weeks, um, and he was a substitute at my school, which was very embarrassing. It's always very embarrassing to have your dad in school with you. Um, <laughs> but I did not start losing my hearing or gaining deafness. I'm still learning, still, still transitioning. Yeah. Um, uh, I am always of two minds about it. Um, I started having, uh, not necessarily ear infections, but my eardrums ruptured 10 different times in both ears. And it is extremely, extremely painful. But when it ruptures, it's heavenly. It's like, it's better than an orgasm, honestly. It's the best (laughs) feeling. Yeah. It's the best feeling. It is one of those things you're like, thank God we got that done. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. And now I can make, I can just make it happen, like, just with hot, hot air, essentially. Um, but the scar tissue built up after time. And so now I have, um, moderate hearing loss. Uh, I have not been tested in many, many years, but, um, every once in a while it kind of just goes out and it's like, oh God, is the pressure building up again? It's going to happen again. But it's just, it's just like, no, bye, bye for now. I'll see you, see you in like a couple (laughs) hours or something. This is interesting because, um, I have now done, this is the fourth of these conversations that I've done. And so far, we're four for four on um, moderate hearing loss that happened later in life. Mm. Yeah, uh, And yeah. I just find that really interesting. And it's not like I sought out people who had that exact experience, which is like the same experience as that in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is how it happened. And it's the same for me. Um, because I also, I, I have actually kind of a similar experience in that I grew up hearing and uh, it was in like high school that I started having issues. And it, it, for me, it was ear infections. And then I did have the eardrum rupture. So mm-hmm. boy, do I know that feeling. Oh, yeah. The, uh, worst. Yeah. the worst. And it's funny, too, because when you tell people like, oh, yeah, my eardrum's ruptured, they're like, fucking hell. But it's it's like, no, seriously, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the best part of it is the rupturing. I mean, I guess it's also the worst part because then you lose your hearing. Like, even if your scar tissue doesn't build up like mine did, like, you still can't hear very well. But no, that's the, that's the best part. It's the pain before that makes you want to gouge your eyes out. So. Oh, it's awful. But yeah, that moment of relief where it's just like, oh, and then you don't you don't even realize like how much the rest of you was hurting too because of mm. the tension. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, like it's I don't recommend it, but at the same time, kind of though, because it's great. <laughs> so if you if anyone's uh, thinking that their eardrum is about to rupture, good news, you'll feel much better. <laughs> you'll feel better soon. You will feel better. Yeah. <laughs> Promise, promise. Also, hot, wet washcloth over your ear. Just lay down on top yes. of it. Oh, my God. I probably <laughs> do that, like, twice a week, honestly. Um, just because my ears get really tired from wearing headphones a lot and editing mm. a lot. and Because um, I do some sound design and dialogue placement and stuff like that for other shows that I work on. And um, I don't know if you have this experience, but do you ever, like, if you've been actively listening for any length of time, do your ears just kind of stop? Are they just sort of like, I'm, we're getting sound, but we're not comprehending anymore today. We're done. Yes. I can keep up with work. I can always keep up with work. That's never a problem unless it's like bad quality audio. But after I'm done for the day, I just, I, I it's like, it's like, I, it's probably also just autism because I just have attention deficit issues anyway. But like my boyfriend will talk to me and I'm like, 
huh? Wait, what did you say? <laughs> Can you just repeat like all five minutes of that? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, um, I sometimes don't even realize it's quite happening until I, because sometimes I have things on just to have some background noise and just to, like, sometimes I'll put on a chat cast that has like a friend of mine on or like an interview or something just so I can hear a familiar voice and just kind of go about my day because it's 2020 and I miss socialization. Um, and, uh, but every now and then I'll realize it starts sounding kind of like Charlie Brown's teachers where like I recognize yes. the voice, but I, <laughs> none of the words are making sense. No. It's just like, no. uh, <laughs> what is this? And I don't have like audio processing issues necessarily, but it, it does become, it's like, it's like if you use a muscle too much and then you just like can't lift something very light. Mm. <laughs> You're like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm just done. Um, I was, I wanted to circle back a little bit to you talking about your dad being an interpreter. That's very cool. So you, you grew up with sign language. Um, do you still use a lot of it or do you, do you use it to communicate or is it just something that you kind of have in your back pocket? Well, I am slowly learning again. I used to know a lot when I was in grade school because we were in the church and every year we had like this almost kind of like a competition of sorts with other churches, like in, in Dallas. Um, and uh, they had a sign language. It was just, it wasn't a competing against other churches, but against yourself, really. And uh, there would be a sign language competition as well. And I would always do that one. So I know, I know a lot of like religious terms, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> and I, I can finger spell, of course, and I know general stuff. But uh, it's, I really want to reconnect with my dad at some point about that. My parents actually do not know about my hearing loss at all. Uh, I'm a very, yeah, I'm a very private person. And I feel like they just wouldn't believe me, which is sad, but also funny. Um, but I don't know, maybe one day. I had, I had thought about, my dad is also into D&D. He played when he was a kid. Uh, and he started playing with some of the other teachers at his school. So I was like, I really want to get like a full ASL game together and play with him, you know. Yeah, he would he would love it. So maybe one day we'll we'll see, but eventually I'll get back into it. And I'm slowly learning too, so Yeah, it is it's hard to learn on your own. I have discovered this because I don't I don't have anyone in my life who signs mm -hmm. um in person. I have some friends who sign and like I could get on like a Zoom call with them and do it, but in, in my day-to-day -day, in real life existence, I nobody signs. And COVID um, too, so yeah, that's right. Um, not helpful at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when you said that thing about feeling like you might not be believed, boy, do I know that feeling because there is something about deafness, and I don't know this. I mean, this is it's about disability in general. This happens to pretty much everyone who has any level of disability, mm -hmm. any type. I'm sure this is something we can all uh, we can all relate to, which is when you have any ability to do something, you're like, well, you're not disabled. You know, like I can right. hear, I I can hear, but I am moderately deaf. That's just mm -hmm. a fact. Um, and but the fact that I can hear at all, people are like, "Well, you're fine." It's like, no, yep. that's not how that works. Yep. I always wonder if like the people that I'm close to like truly believe or just like not don't they don't think that I'm a liar, but just kind of pass it off kind of thing. You know, I I always wonder. You know, it's always in the back of your head, which is really unfortunate oh, for sure well i think when you like like if you live with someone who is still 
trying to talk to you while they're running the water. And it's like, is it not sinking in that I really can't hear you? Right. Or, like, <laughs> talk to you from another room. It's like, it's been 10 years. What? <laughs> yeah. I still can't hear you. I still have to, you're going to have to wait until I come downstairs. I do not hear you. I can hear, you know, but that's it. That's right. <laughs> like, I I can acknowledge that a sound is being made, but I don't know what you're saying. Right. <laughs> and I don't know why it's hard to remember. And it always makes me wonder, like, I think part of it is, bec- it, like, when you're oral, people assume, oh, well, you can talk, so you're not deaf. And they love to be like, wow, you speak so clearly. It's like. You don't sound deaf, right? I've been doing it for 33 years. <laughs> yeah. God. You don't sound deaf is the thing that makes me want to um, uh, stab a little. Um, it's one of those things where I'm like, I, that's just not the compliment you think it is. No. No. At all. Like, I know people with much worse hearing loss than I have who speak way better than I do. Right. And, right. and like, vice versa. And it's just, it, that has is no indication. But... We are so conditioned. I think a lot of it has to do with media and representation within media. Mm-hmm. Um, that we think of deafness in these boxes of you are hearing or you are deaf and you are oral or, or you are not. And that's mm-hmm. just not how it works. There's nuance and variance for everything. Right. Same thing off autistic. Like either you're, you know, wailing and flapping your hands or you're totally fine. And it's like sometimes, sometimes my body wants to wail and flap my hands. I just control it really well. Like... Yeah. And you know, it's welcome to we being have, a girl um, and being autistic. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Well, when we have, um, there are, we also, I will say this too with um, Seen and Not Heard, we also have several cast members who are autistic mm-hmm. um, and one of our consultants as well. And that has been worked into the story for one of the characters. Um, it, it comes out, it'll come up later with Eleanor's character. So, because for me, it was really important that, like, in this show, we have, you know, on the mic, we have three people who are deaf and autistic. Mm-hmm. And behind the scenes, we have one as well. So for, when people are like, oh, well, you can't have both at the same time. That's too many. Uh-huh. I wish. Like, I wish I couldn't um, have two at the same time. Right. And it's like in this tiny little cast, this is not a big cast. We have this many people. Like, what do you mean that is an impossibility? Like, statistically, we're like, what, 25%? well because the internet has allowed us to be out more often you know and a little bit easier to be out suddenly it's just like oh this is this is this must be trendy it's trendy to be autistic and it's trendy to be disabled and that's what i keep kind of trying to make very clear when i talk to people about hearing loss and about my own experience with it it's like this is my experience this is not Mm -hmm. universal um, and that's one reason why I wanted to have these conversations, because we all there are a lot of similarities. And it is funny. There are a lot of similarities between us in all these um, chats that I've had. And I'm noticing kind of overlapping experiences. But at the same time, it's it's our own experience and it's our own um, our own version of a shared experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just I, I feel like it, it's as simple as, uh, hey, individuals are a thing <laughs> what what a concept what? <laughs> blowing minds today i know um it's i just i think when we talk about disability when we talk about neurodivergence when we talk about anything any mm-hmm. experience really we have to acknowledge that there is going to be a 
nuance and b differences in experience they just are and it can come down to something as simple as your personality is slightly different or you you know you just have different coping mechanisms or whatever um it doesn't have to be massive 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 differences from person to person but there's still going to be variants Mm -hmm. and i think the the better we are at acknowledging that and the better we are at saying okay you have a different experience i'm listening and we can compare and contrast rather than arguing about it (laughs) and trying to say no my experience is the most valid um i think if we're willing to do that then we can actually have constructive conversations and actually get to a place of better accessibility and better understanding and and a willingness to work with each other rather than have competing needs to the point where no one's needs are met yeah that's a difficult conversation a a a much a, a much longer conversation than any of us would ever expect to have there's there's a lot of depth to that especially when you consider like other people that have marginalization you know we we can't all speak for all marginalizations under our own umbrella you know like i can't speak for someone with physical disabilities i can speak for chronic illness but only on like my specific kind of chronic illness you know um i don't have to go to the hospital every day kind of thing um but someone with physical disabilities that isn't deaf can't speak to me and i think i think just as like people that don't have any disability do that to us we also do it to each other Oh, yeah. And it, it also when you bring in things like racial inequalities, mm. that's a huge thing um, because, you know, I, I have a massive amount of privilege just by virtue of being white. It means that I can um, I am more likely to be listened to and believed than. But I don't want people just listening to me uh, like don't I, I don't know. It's 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 incredibly, you know, as frustrating as it might be for me to be like, no, seriously, listen to this person. I'm not the one who's having to shout and wave my arms just to have someone glance my way. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a it's a rock and a hard place at times, you know, because you want to use your platform to speak out and you need to, but you also don't want it to be bigger than somebody else's, but like that's that's the nature of the beast sometimes. And I don't know how to I don't know how to tame that beast. Yeah, it's hard to navigate and it's it's one of those things where it's like I know kind of the the maybe the best thing to do in the moment uh, might not be the best thing to do overall. And that's also kind of those two things compete. I do think we are slowly like too slowly, but we're getting there. Um, Getting to a place where we're starting to learn exactly how, how to speak out about things and how to lift other people's voices. But it is an ongoing thing. We don't get to just get comfy and stop. Um, You know, we can't just be like, okay, I did my one good deed and now I'm done. Like, it just, it's an ongoing process. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, you don't check a box and then you're finished. (laughs) So I have been doing at kind of near the end of each of these conversations, I've been asking three specific questions um, because I kind of want to compare and contrast our answers to them. I, the first question is, what for you has been the hardest thing about hearing loss? Feeling like I could be connected to something much bigger than myself, as in deaf culture, and not knowing a way in 
or feeling uncomfortable about wanting a way in. Yeah, that is a big, yeah. That's a big one for me, too, because I really do not belong in the capital D deaf culture, you know, mm-hmm. and... Um, but we do. we do, you know? We do. We do. We do to a degree. We're in yeah, the club like, now, you know? Like, yeah, it's... But I, I don't have the same, like, experience with it and I don't have mm-hmm. the language, and it's that thing of, like, I feel like I can't quite sneak in yeah um which is of course why i'm processing those feelings very publicly and seen and not heard uh (laughs) but i think that is a common thing with um especially with late deafened people um because like and for people who were raised uh who were deaf you know early on but were raised you know strictly orally and and not in the deaf community when you're trying to find community later in life that's really hard Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. It's really hard. And you see that in all different, I think, parts of life, like people who came out later in life or, you know, got a, a diagnosis of something else later in life, trying to kind of be like, can I hang out with y'all? Right. Can I sit here? <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think disability, you especially, you very naturally want that community because you want people who understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm in in some way um and yeah it is it is it's it's definitely true i think it is it is that desire of a connection and then it's hard sometimes to make that connection mm-hmm. or to know where to start right i mean you know there 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 are like uh you know churches for the deaf for instance or you know community if you live in a big enough city admittedly um communities for the deaf like where you can it's a central hub it's like the boys and girls club but the deaf club, you know, uh, and you, and you can go there. There's resources for you, but first of all, it's very hard if you're like socially awkward and you're like, hey, um, and then you have to reprove yourself over all over again, kind of thing. Even if you don't actually have to prove yourself, but you know, you have to expose yourself in that way. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's it's a very vulnerable position to be in um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, going anywhere new can be daunting. And going anywhere new when it feels so central to who you are and your life, it's like all other layers. I feel like it's like the pressure of like, I have to get this right. I have to get this right or else, you know, this whole part of my life might kind of fall apart. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I feel that big time. It's so much pressure. Um, (laughs) So this is kind of related, actually, is um, what do you wish hearing people knew or understood about your experience you know what's what's funny is it's less about what i want hearing people to know and more because i've interacted with other deaf people in tabletop rpgs one in particular that i do miss quote unquote being normal you know having my hearing like not panicking over when am i going to lose a little bit more the next time you know I miss that, and it's very scary. And I know that they can also probably relate to that scariness as well. But there is such a pressure, especially online, to be like, yay, deaf, like, capital D, this is it, this is my lifestyle, you know? And it's like, I I want that for myself, but I also, I'm still in that process of clinging to my non-deafness still. And it's it's my time, I need my time 
to adjust into it. It's not instantaneous. There is, I think, a, a certain amount of pressure to be a very good deaf. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be, like, constantly celebrating the deaf gain. And, and if you have these times where you're like, you know what? This situation sucks, and it sucks because I'm deaf. Then you're being a bad disabled person. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... And because it's like seen, and and this is, this is mostly coming from folks who are a little more extreme, but it can be seen as like almost a betrayal of the community and a condemnation of deafness. And there's mm. a lot of conversation, which I think is important, but there would be a whole much longer conversation to have, and one that I'm not really qualified to have, um, because there is that thing where people are like, we want to cure deafness, mm. and then a lot of deaf people are like, we don't want you to do that, <laughs> but some people might, you know. And that's the thing. There was a thread. There was a thread about disability the other day about like, oh, well, you know, if there was like a cure for some quote unquote disability, you know, and and disabled people were like, well, I mean, my life might improve significantly if I wasn't in pain all the time, you know, like, or if I didn't have to go to the hospital for my kidney, whatever, dialysis. <laughs> that's the word, you know. I, I people are just. It's the same thing as before. Like people are different. You know, I sometimes hate being autistic. I sometimes hate it with every ounce of my being. But that's 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 a me decision, you know. Nobody else gets to hate that for me. Yeah, I feel like we just need to agree that, like, you are allowed to feel how you feel about you. It's It's not for other people to tell you how you should feel about you. There are there are times when I am specifically frustrated because of my hearing loss, and I need to be allowed to express that without anyone saying, like, oh, a eugenicist. No! That's not what I said! <laughs> or on the reverse with hearing people like, oh, well, you know, we should just have gotten cochlear implants from birth for everybody, you know, kind oh, of thing. Oh, my God, like, yes. Wouldn't your life be so much better? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the other thing. Because it's like, if you if you as a deaf person say... I'm frustrated today because I'm deaf. Oh my god, the hearing people who'd be like, well, have you thought about hearing aids or a cochlear implant or have you thought about it's like Do you even know do you even know what a cochlear implant is? Do you even know what a hearing aid is? Do you know how it works? Like <laughs> You know what's hilarious too is how people are like, Why don't you just get hearing aids? I'm like, why don't you just give me six thousand dollars? Like what do you Ungodly expensive even like the cheapy cheapos, like the fucking bargain barrel oh. yeah. <laughs> hearing aids. Oh my god, the little hearing amplifiers that I had that I that got lost, which is horrible. But oh, I had no. them, and they were still like seventy dollars each. And seventy bucks is not a lot. Of, it's like long run, not a ton of money. But in the moment, yes, it is because mm-hmm. that's one hundred and forty plus batteries plus shipping, and it's mm-hmm. like, and they're tiny, and you can lose them at any second. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly what happened. I took them off and put them in their cases, and I set them aside. I was at work, and I put them aside, and I left them by accident. And I was fig- I figured I left them at work, and it would be fine. And I went back, and they were just gone. No. They were just gone, and no one knows where they went. Oh, no. I was like, did someone throw them away? Like, what happened? <laughs> where did they go? They were just left on the desk. Um, so, yeah, no clue. And... Uh, yeah, and and it and that happened actually right before we started working on Seen and Not Heard, mm. and I was like, "Well, shit, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna cause some problems." Yeah, ugh. But yeah, I just I, I I agree with you very much that like we need 
it needs to be okay to sometimes not necessarily love your lot in life and be able to express that um, without it being seen as a condemnation of your community as a whole, because it's so dramatic and weird. Um, and also hearing people leave us alone. <laughs> right. Leave me alone. Let me, let me rant in Back peace, off. okay? You don't fucking know what it's like. Yeah, exactly. I feel like if you don't, if you don't live and experience, like, it's really not your place to have a deep opinion on it. <laughs> like, really not your place. Um, and that goes for caregivers. Just gonna say. Yep. Big time. Big time. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. The last question is a little nicer. And it is, what has actually been a good thing about your experience with hearing loss or like an upside or something you like about it? Oh, gosh. I love... I actually haven't met too many other hard of hearing people on the internet. I think you're probably the most prominent one that I've that I've spoken to. But it it is exciting to me knowing that there is a whole other world out there waiting for me that I will be accepted into that I am accepted into now, you know, even though I haven't reached out to that yet. Like it's it's Disney World, you know, like it's, it's, it's the idea of going to Paris, you know, like it's, it's a whole other world. Um, and the limitless potential it's got for me still in my head, you know, maybe it's not, maybe it's, maybe it's dystopia world, who knows? But I mean, you know, but like, I can reach out to the deaf culture and it will always be there waiting for me whenever I'm ready for it. And I, I think that's what excites me the most about it. To get over the pandemic, I was taking, I was going to take classes this year. And that got obviously thrown out the window. <laughs> so whenever this mess ends, like, I, you know, I'm ready to start into that transition of a new life, essentially. So I'm, I, you know, that's what excites me is the, is the, is the upcoming well, that's, you know, I think that that is, uh, that's a beautiful thing because there is all, like, I have met people because, specifically because of my hearing loss that I would not have met without that. And I can't imagine the world without them. And I've had experiences that I've had because I've lost my hearing that I would, like, I wouldn't have made this show. I wouldn't have met the people. I wouldn't, I you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be in this place that I'm in in my life if I hadn't lost my hearing. And so it's hard sometimes, but I would not trade these experiences for anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, maybe the pain. But yeah, everything leading up to, if I could just rupture the eardrums without the it's pain. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Take it, take it away, but it. just like, give me the pain memories. Take, take the pain memories. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus deafness minus pain. Right. That exactly. <laughs> Easy peasy. Oh my god. I think that's a good place to end on. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Another one of these conversations will be released before too long, so keep your eyes out for that. As always, thank you so much for supporting Seen and Not Heard. You can find us on Twitter at SeenNotHeardPod or email us at SeenAndNotHeardPod at gmail.com.